Security Ledger Podcast. I'm Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief at the Security Ledger. In this episode of the podcast number 239. Russians are there sharing and searching for Chinese threat actors to partner with them on attacking Western and U.S. uh, entities. And the Chinese side is there for when it profits their own Chinese side. They are mainly want to educate their own community and, and to focus on themselves. As Russia's war on Ukraine and Western nations' sanctions against Russia for its aggression begin to bite, one big question is what role countries like China will play in the conflict. While nominally an ally of Russia, China has so far refused to violate Western sanctions by shipping technology or military supplies to its northern neighbor. But what about cyberspace? Like Russia, China has also invested heavily in cyber operations, from industrial espionage to cyber offensive capabilities. And like Russia, it strives for military dominance in the cyber realm as it seeks to challenge dominance of Western adversaries like the United States. Like Russia, China also plays host to a wide range of powerful cyber criminal and dark web groups who engage in industrial espionage, cyber attacks, and even ransomware. According to our guest this week's podcast, there's growing evidence that in the dark web, as in the real world, Russia's war in Ukraine and its struggles there are pushing it closer to China. Naomi Yusupov, is a Chinese intelligence analyst at the firm Cyber Six Gill. In this interview, Naomi talked about research she has conducted in the on the interactions between Chinese and Russian threat actors. Cyber Six Gill has released a new report based on that research, The Bear and the Dragon, that found a similar dynamic is playing out among cyber threat actors in the two countries as between the two governments, with Chinese threat actors and cyber criminal groups anxious to benefit from the deeper experience of their Russian counterparts, but wary of deepening their ties and engagement with Russian cyber criminal actors too much. The future of the relationship between the two groups on each side of the border could have major implications for organizations around the globe, Yusupov said. To start out our conversation, I asked Naomi to tell us a bit about her company, Cyber Six Gill, and the work that she does there. So we're here with the Security Ledger podcast, and uh, with us in the studio, we have uh, Naomi Yusupov of Cyber Six Gill. Naomi, welcome to Security Ledger podcast. It's great to see you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. And, and Naomi, for folks who are listening who aren't familiar with Cyber Six Skill, could you tell us just a little bit about uh, your company and also the work that you do there? Yeah, sure. So Cyber Six Skill is a product company who focused on threat intel, intel uh, from the dark web. Uh, so we usually um, collect uh, info and intelligence from the deep and dark web uh, in different kind of markets. Uh, and the idea of the company is that we do, do take a proactive approach to threats on the cyber arena. Uh, and me, myself, as a uh, Chinese threat actor analyst in cybersecurity, I do. Um, I lead the Chinese and Russian dark web research at the company, and I active also uh, on those uh, kind of communities. Uh, I speak Russian and Chinese, uh, so I mainly specialize in Mandarin. Um, and yeah, in China, 
uh, is a big passion of mine. You know, you speak Chinese and Russian, and um, you really specialize in this deep and dark web uh, threat actors. How do you develop that expertise and interest? And, and what's your kind of backstory? Yeah, so my backstory is uh, kind of special. It doesn't matter that I, uh, I'm i Russian uh, from home. I, it's, Russian is my mother language. My parents are immigrants from Russia. Um, and as for Chinese, I, I always uh, specialize in languages. And because of this kind of home that I grew into, who speaks a lot of languages, I did uh, had this, uh attraction to to languages and i want to just learn chinese uh and then uh after i graduated i lived uh in beijing and Yunnan for for a long time and and specialized in mandarin and i found myself speaking this uh very important languages uh, to the cyber community and end up in cyber security <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah most cyber threat analysts out there don't have that background and maybe don't have experience like being either being a part of the, you know, Russian culture and society or having lived in China. Do you feel like that gives you any special insight into how these threat actors and threat groups operate um, that that you wouldn't have if you were merely, you know, maybe coming from a more traditional, you know, military background and, and having having approached these threat actors from that standpoint, but not really having been immersed in the culture and language and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. I think that culture has a lot of value uh, in how threat actors think and what uh, the things that motivate them. And if I didn't have this like a Russian background and Russian culture background and even phrases and slang, uh, that you know this the special like mm -hmm. Google Translate don't translate slang that uh, people are actively right. using on the dark web. Um, so having this kind of background, having this um, language and culture idea helps me a lot also to interact with threat actors. How about the on the Chinese side? Did living in China give you any any insights in the work that you do now and as you're as you're monitoring these these actors online? Yeah. Um, one experience that I had as a student in university in China was with internet and access to the Great Firewall and all the little hacks that a foreign student needs to do in order to, you know, just talk with his parents on WhatsApp or uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> accessing mm -hmm. uh, Western social media. So um, living in China uh, really gave me the understanding of how those threat actors operate because they also need to bypass this uh, firewall and in order to, to get access to the Western uh, hacking tools and Western underground. So I think that my experience in China and also uh, just being there and understanding the culture really helped me uh, with what, what I do today. When we're talking about these kind of about the dark web and about these dark web, dark web threat actors. I mean, just at a high level, like who are these folks and what are their motivations and sort of what are they, what are they, what types of activities are they engaged in? Yeah. So um, we do see differences between the Chinese and Russian communities, but we basically talking about uh, individual threat actors who are there for gain, interest. Uh, etc. Uh, while, while Chinese threat actors are more powered by a uh, sense of community and want to make the Chinese hacking community 
better in the global arena, the Russian threat actors are more there uh, for the gain and business oriented and um, they mm -hmm. are based on skills. I think sort of the high level, the 10,000 foot level, you know, take on China versus Russia in the um, cyber threat actor realm is, is sort of what you said that that the Russian actors are louder and more disruptive, tend to be, you know, more kind of short-term profit-oriented, the Chinese more kind of ideologically motivated and play a longer game in terms of objectives. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that uh, this is pretty accurate. Um, we'll see uh, the Chinese hacking community is more about sense of a whole. There are more uh, sharing tutorials, sharing tools without any gain or, or with a little gain. When on the other hand, in the Russian community, we'll see uh, people sharing everything uh, just to gain um, profit and, you know, to prove themselves as a better threat actors. So this is a main uh, difference between those two communities. And and when we look, Naomi, at, at the sort of ops, at what types of things that they're doing, what, what are we talking about? Is it, you know, just kind of compromising organizations and stealing data and then, you know, kind of distributing it? Is it intellectual property theft or espionage? Like what types of things are they doing? Chinese threat actors, for example, they are more active on because of the great Chinese firewall and the censored internet and the very difficult um, access to the dark web and to Tor Onion, for example, Chinese threat actors uh, found a way to bypass those kind of uh, obstacles in their way. Uh, and they are more on active on the deep and clear web. So uh, usually we'll see them um, stating that they are not uh, attacking state states, Chinese state entities and companies, and they will uh, target mostly Western and uh, companies from the US or US entities. Uh, we'll see data leaks, we'll see, um, maybe a, we'll see a, a lot of uh, intellectual property um, theft uh, in order to make Chinese hacking community great again let's say. <laughs> and you all wrote about an incident that happened back, I think, in, in April or May, in which there was a dark web threat actor who exposed data from basically Russia's, you know, chief or, or top uh, power uh, company and offered it for for sale on the, on the dark web. So could you talk just a, a little bit about that incident? It was, it was a tremendous amount of data, I think over a terabyte of data, um, kind of who was behind that to the best of your knowledge and what was the motivation there? That sounds like a pretty high value target. Um, so what was the what was the thinking? So in this incident, we did see Chinese threat actor uh, exposing this huge database to gain his skill and to show his and China's new skills that they managed to break through this huge data. And obviously, we, we've been following Russia's war in Ukraine um, since February. There's been a lot of incidents tied to that. Any idea or suggestion that this particular incident was motivated by, by that? Yeah, we 
did see collaboration uh, recently on the dark web between uh, Chinese and Russian threat actors. And our main takeaway from this report is that the part that the side that did the overtures is the, is the Russian side. So Russians are there sharing and searching for Chinese threat actors to partner with them, to um, maybe collab with them on attacking Western and US uh, entities. And the Chinese side is there for when it profits their own Chinese side. So they will do mm -hmm. it as long as it profits China, as in long as they can learn from the Russians and grow their own community. But they're not actively reaching out to the to the Russian side. They're not actively searching for Russian collaboration. They are mainly want to educate their own community and and to focus on themselves. Are there any big differences in terms of the capabilities of the Chinese dark web threat actors versus the Russians, things that they're better at? Um, or is it pretty similar? I'll say that the Russian side is uh, much mature and because the, the easier access to those kind of resources and um, the Russian hacking mm -hmm. community is there for a long time, they're yeah. more advanced and the Chinese uh, threat actors need to overcome this great firewall to yeah. even access this kind of um, tools and new malware and exploits and etc. So the Russian side is more advanced, but it, he's actively uh, trying to reach out to the Chinese part and to educate them and to maybe collaborate with them. Uh, and I think it's very interesting and it probably reflects the dynamics between leaders that we somehow see between uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, and the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. That the Russian side is very much depending on the Chinese side for support in the global arena. And it reflects on the underground as well. There's often speculation that, that the governments of Russia and China um, kind of look the other way at a lot of this activity, or even on occasion that they will um, leverage you know, these sort of dark web actors or cyber criminal uh, groups to do their bidding. Um, that's particularly, you hear that a lot, particularly with Russia, that, that there's a sort of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours relationship with some of these ransomware groups and others. What's your sense as to how much collaboration or, or cooperation there might be between the state and these, these different uh, actors and groups? As you said, we did see on the Russian side sort of collaboration between the Russian government and the Ru Russian cyber criminals, the individual one and ransomware groups. Uh, for example, we had RAMP, uh, RAMP ransomware group, uh, which was a very interesting case uh, because I, I'll just tell the story, but with RAMP mm -hmm. uh, group, we had them, uh, the Russian entity, uh, the Russian government, sorry, uh, had a collaboration with the U.S., on arresting those uh, cyber criminals from this ramp ransomware group. Everyone was very shocked about this because until that point, the Russian government didn't attack and arrest Ru Russian cyber criminals unless they're not attacking Russian 
entities and they have like this unwritten rule that if you're not attacking us, the Kremlin, we're cool with everything you do. And uh, so it was a really great example. And then all of a sudden they're arresting them with a collaboration with the US. So we did see Russian cyber criminals uh, affected by this and they are talking about uh, maybe we sh should move to China. Uh, maybe like the Russian uh, government is not um, into this unwritten rule. Um, and as for the Chinese side, um, I think that most of those cyber criminals indeed because of the um, the obstacles in their internet infrastructure, they are more active on the clear and deep web as a result of that. And because of this, they are more emphasizing that they are not attacking uh, Chinese uh, entities and Chinese uh, government and more attacking the enemies of the of the government or countries that are not friends with the government. You know, one of the things I was reading your State of the Underground uh, report, which is a report Cyber Six Skill puts out on just kind of the year in review. So this is for 2021. Um, and one of the things you talked about, first of all, was, you know, huge increase in just the amount of like, you know, uh, ransomware activity and in terms of posts and and activity online um but also more decentralized so less reliance on big you know uh dark web forums and more um kind of atomized more just broken out into smaller forums um what is your uh take on on where we are because there, there were certainly folks there were a bunch of big takedowns related i mean you talked about one of them related to ransomware groups and there were definitely people who were like oh you know the sort of the, the days of these you know huge ransomware operations are are ending um wh where are we right now what is the state of the um dark web and and uh the activity that's going on right now in in mid 2022 what are you guys seeing yeah so uh as you said ransomware is is a big and hot topic and um we do see a lot of ransomware attacks increase uh in the past year uh but now we do see that ransomware groups are attacking smaller uh and let's say medium small medium enterprises and less of the bigger targets and also we see uh ransomware groups the bigger ones splitting into to smaller groups and individual ones um and this is a kind of a new trend we are seeing on the underground smaller groups that are attacking smaller and medium uh enterprises you guys are a for-profit company. You 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 sell your intelligence to companies to kind of help them with their own cyber defense. Connect the dots for me. Like, what should companies know about the types of things that that Cyber Six Scale is observing, and how do they operationalize it? How do they turn this intelligence into better defense against you know attack or compromise? Yeah. So it first of all, it's very important to understand. Uh, the motives and the characteristics of each community uh, in order to truly identify the threats they they pose. And we as a company, we believe in a proactive approach. So uh, because of the more, um, the after Corona uh, era, everyone is on the internet, the cyberspace uh, gets bigger every day. So everyone gets 
uh, exposed and can potentially be uh, be threatened by uh, cyber criminals and be attacked. So our approach as Cyber Six Deal is that uh, if you are aware of uh, what's going on the underground, truly aware what's happening right now, uh, if there are someone leaking your uh, endpoints or someone leaking your credit cards or someone leaking uh, something that connects to your company, if you are aware of it today, you maybe save yourself in few months the headache of a ransomware attack or uh, your company uh, data leaked on the underground. You talk a lot about just the, you know, vulnerabilities that these groups are exploiting, um, you know, in Fortinet, Cisco, VMware, Microsoft, you know, kind of all the common platforms. We hear a lot more these days about um, shifting tactics, in particular sort of uh, supply chain based attacks and, and, and compromises of, let's say, you know, common open source libraries and modules and, you know, sort of the solar winds um, uh, approach. Are you seeing any evidence just in your own monitoring of the you know, deep and dark web um, or the deep and clear web that these groups are looking at those vectors as well as they look to gain access to, you know, companies or maybe um, lots of companies, right? You target a, an open source project, you can potentially get your get your hooks into a lot of downstream consumers of that that software. Um, is that something that you're seeing or is it, is it still the mostly the same MO of, you know, exploitable vulnerabilities and public facing, you know, applications and, and that type of thing? Yeah, no, totally. It's the first one. Uh, we do see a lot of people talking on the underground on different kind of uh, vulnerabilities on those uh, very exposed open source, maybe uh, libraries and very much of the la latest zero days, uh, they were exposing those kind of vulnerabilities. Uh, for for example, Log4j was a very uh, common mm -hmm. in everyone's uh, library. Uh, yeah. And the fact that the threat actors could uh, put their hands on this kind of very critical uh, source and exploit it was uh, a very big deal. And of course, hackers and threat actors actively looking for those kind of bridges into our system. Naomi Yusufov, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us on the Security Ledger podcast. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you and Cyber Six Skill in the future. Thank you, Paul. It was a pleasure. Naomi Yusupov is a Chinese intelligence analyst at the firm Cyber Six Gill. She was speaking about her company's new report, The Bear and the Dragon, analyzing the Russian and Chinese cyber criminal communities.